0: Well hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine.
1: And I'm Ian McEwan, writer on TV and Satellite Week Magazine and WhatToWatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 1st of July 2022, including Chris Pratt's Amazon thriller The Terminal List and stars Play's US reboot of Queer as Folk.
0: And we'll also be looking at the return of Only Murders in the Building, starring Steve Martin and Martin Short on Disney Plus and new Paramount Plus reality show All Star Short. But first, Ian, what is in the news?
1: The news is, Hannah, that I've just come back from Barcelona, where I've been on set for a new UK TV drama called The Diplomat, which is set in Barcelona. And it stars Sophie Rundle. What else is in the news?
0: Well, Brad Pitt is back on Apple TV+. It's yet-untitled film, but it will see the Hollywood legend, I do love a bit of Brad Pitt, um, as a one-time motor racing driver who emerges from retirement to compete with a young rookie. I like the sound of that.
1: A good varied selection, I would say, this week. Dare I say something for everyone. We're going to start off on Amazon Prime Video with a new eight-part action drama called The Terminal List. And here's a clip.
0: Investigations are still ongoing into the failures Operation Odin Sword. ...missions resulted in the death of 12 Navy seals.
1: Lieutenant Commander James Reese, can you outline the details of your mission?
0: They knew we were coming.
1: So this one stars Chris Pratt... Who you may know from such things as Parks and Recreation, in which he was very funny, and of course the Jurassic World franchise, Guardians of the Galaxy. I could go on, but I won't. In this, he's playing a sort of rather gruff, rough uh, Navy SEAL commander called James Reese. It starts with a covert mission to flush out a terrorist who's hiding in Syria. It's all in these underground tunnels. It's well staged, actually. Everything goes wrong because it turns out it's an ambush. There's been a leak. Somebody knows they're there. There's a tripwire, two explosives. I mean, this isn't a big spoiler because it happens right at the very beginning. and, And then it's the setup as to he wants to find out, okay, what's the leak? Who's responsible? All my men died. I want to find out what happened and do something about it. However, there's quite a good twist because as well as being an action thriller, it's also kind of about PTSD because he gets a sort of um, concussion during the blast, the underground blast. And there's a question mark over whether he's remembering how everything went down correctly because they play him some audio of him saying things. And he's like, but I didn't say that. And that's, not what happened so he thinks has someone kind of done some of that deep fake where you can kind of fake video and audio or is it just that he's not remembering it clearly he's traumatized if you like stuff like Jack Ryan and Jack Reacher I think you would enjoy this it's all a bit macho and taciturn for me I would say and I kind of like to see Chris Pratt playing something with with a bit of a light touch, a bit of comedy about it, because he's so good at that. I wasn't massively keen on it. You see a bit of his family life as well, and he's uh, meeting up with a colleague, and then there's a big twist involving his comrade. Anyway, I'm I'm not going to give away too much in terms of plot, but I think if you like the rough, tough Navy SEAL guys and that kind of uh, macho action stuff, you will enjoy this. I'm not sure it's one for you, Hannah. What did you think?
0: <laughs> no, I'm not sure it is. Although the fact that Chris Pratt is in it kind of, you know, makes it that much more appealing, to be honest with you. I, I think you're probably right. It is it is very, very macho. And this is quite a different outing for Chris Pratt in as much as he's got this sort of depth of character, you know, the kind of the emotional side. And, you know, very often we're seeing him... With that, that slightly comedic part of of whatever he plays, and and he's like you say, he's very very good at that. So this is something quite different, and something I think he'll probably be quite proud of. To be honest with you, very macho, um, very kind of um, adventurous, action packed, um, and as I think I sort of I, I'd sit where you are, which is I didn't absolutely love it, but do I think a lot of people will? Yeah.
1: Okay, well, something completely different that you're going to tell us about. Uh, The name may sound familiar. It's on Star's Play, arriving on Friday, the 1st of July. Queerest Folk.
0: Haven't seen you around. You a tourist? Nah, I've been in Baltimore for med school. Well, actually, I dropped out. Hot, smart, and afraid of commitment. Every game has tight (laughs) type. Honey, what are you doing here? I lost my keys. Wow, you love a dramatic entrance. Dad is home! Hey! Hi, girl. How are you feeling? I'm kind of nervous. Yes, well, this was this Manchester, Manchester set drama originally, um, and it was a massive hit in 99. Um, and then it was made again in the US, and it's now being made again, <laughs> also in America. Um, so this follows... <laughs> I think each time it's remade, it, there's a new take on it. And I think that time evolves. I mean, look at the world from 99 to now in 2022, the world is in a completely different place. So I think that there are lots of different things that they can kind of um, incorporate into the narrative, I suppose, for something like this, which therefore just makes it different because of that as much as anything. But this time it follows a, a digri- di- very diverse group of friends in New Orleans. Um, and there's a, there's a particular young gay man. He, mm. he comes home yeah. um, after dropping out of medical school. And it's his story that was kind of the most interesting to me uh, in many ways. Um, although also you've got Kim Cattrall and Juliette Lewis and they're, they're two mothers who are thrown together because of this terrible incident that happens at a nightclub. And I, I'm not sure whether I should give, I think it's a bit of a spoiler to talk about exactly what happened, but it's, it's pretty awful. And as I say, it kind of, it is, if you feel like you're watching just something for the third time, you're absolutely not. And I go back to what I said about the fact that the world has changed, you know? Um, and so it's, it's taking in things and that we're seeing every day in the news, I suppose, um, and, and bringing it to life, and seeing people live that life, and and so for that reason, it's it's really quite interesting. It's got highs, it's low, it's got lows, and at times it's very very funny. It's very bright. Love the music. Um, it's a thumbs up from me, I'd say.
1: Well, I wish I'd spoken to you before watching it because I didn't realise it had already been remade for the US, and I was thinking, well, it's a brave person who tries to reimagine a Russell T Davis show because obviously he is absolutely superb however i did like the new orleans setting i like this character Brody. he's obviously as you say he's come home the the bit with his he breaks into his mum and dad's home because he's lost his keys and he's trying to he's trying to crash with various friends and and (laughs) he's clearly left a sort of a bit of a train wreck behind him in terms of relationships and how he's treated people um but, yeah, Kim Cattrall plays his mum. It's great to see her. And, like, she's wielding a shotgun because she thinks he's a burglar. And, yeah, Juliette Lewis uh, is, is also a mum, as you say. So there's another – so there's, it, it starts concentrating on these two characters. There's Brody, and then there's another young gay man who – he's quite an interesting character. So he he's, he's a skateboarder, and he's he's wearing an incredibly short sort of kilt in episode one. Um, so it is very different. I think my initial reaction was, oh, this is nowhere near as good as the Russell T. Davis version. But of course, it's meant to be very different and it's, and it's created and directed by by Stephen Dunn. Yeah, it's got some interesting characters in it. I think bringing in the families is a nice idea. And of course, the fact that it starts off with this tragedy that we're not going to spoil um, takes it in a in a different direction. So yeah, I think if you did enjoy the original this is very different but still worth checking out now something i'm very fond of coming back to disney plus it's the wonderful only murders in the building back for a second season and here is a clip
0: you are all persons of interest in this case someone's trying to frame this this is gonna be fine could be bad very rare for a true crime podcast to do a sequel we have a real opportunity here
1: Does you know what else feel like there's still a couple
0: of loose ends
1: so this arrived a little bit earlier this week on wednesday the 28th of june you're going to get 10 episodes uh if you've not seen it well you should go back to the beginning let's start by saying that it stars well they're a great double acts anyway and you should check out their comedy special on netflix if you've not seen it Steve Martin plays a washed up actor called Charles and Martin Short. You remember they were in uh, Three Amigos together, which is a hilarious film. Martin Short is this sort of preening theatre director who's incredibly vain and narcissistic. And then Selena Gomez plays a budding artist called Mabel. And they love true crime podcasts. And in series one... There was a murder, as the title suggests, in the apartment block that they all live in. And they made their own podcast about it and also launched their own investigation. Now, yeah, if you haven't seen series one, this is a bit of a spoiler (laughs) because that ended with Mabel sort of hunched over a corpse, a bloody corpse with a knitting needle (laughs) in it. Um, So we're going to start this second series. They're in for interrogation by the police. And it's a great combination, this. I mean, it's very comedic and it's very kind of, I hate the word, but it's very meta because, for instance, um, Steve Martin's character says, oh, I remember when I was in a series where they run out of money and so they set series two in an interrogation room. So it's it's very self-referential in a really funny way. Um, and, of course, Short's character is really enjoying this new notoriety um, because they're now suspects in a murder. You know, he's he's loving it, <laughs> and it's just got some great little little twists. For instance, um, Tina Fey plays someone who who starts making a podcast about them called "Only Murderers in the Building." So it's really nicely put together. I tell you, who, who you're going to see in this new series? You've got the model and actress Cara Delavine the one with the eyebrows so she is joining the cast as an art gallery owner Alice who is going to be a love interest for Mabel you're also going to see Michael Rappaport is playing detective Creps and this is the big one Shirley MacLaine yes is playing the mother of the deceased you're also going to get Amy Schumer playing herself as she moves into the building it's an absolute delight I love it. Uh, I can't recommend it highly enough, but do go back and watch season one if you've not, because otherwise you will be rather confused. Hannah, are you a fan?
0: It is funny, isn't it? And there's some great names in this series. There really are. They've kind of brought out the big guns for this. And um, it just works. I mean, I like anything that's got sort of, crime attached to it in terms of drama, I'd just like to add, um, to watch. I, I love all that kind of thing, but it's just a bit of a different take on it. It's a bit of a different twist. It's, it, it's the comedy part of it, I suppose, that that catches me. And as I say, you well as you've already said, you do need to see the first series, otherwise you're going to be really quite confused with the second Um it it's kind of weird because it's quite old fashioned in some ways. I think it, it's not yeah. it's it sort of stuck in time, but perhaps that's part of its uh, beauty. I don't know. Um, but yeah, lots of really good names, really good fun, um, and and I think this 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 could keep going and going.
1: Absolutely, and it's just it's just such a joy to see Steve Martin in something because he's a, the king of comedy, and particularly him riffing with Martin Short because they're such such <laughs> great double act. Well, often we save the best till last. I'm not sure if you've done it this week, Hannah, but it's something you're gonna tell us about. It's on Paramount Plus, All-Star Shore. Welcome to the Shore! First
0: it was Jersey. Then Jordy, Acapulco, Rio. Now, the most iconic Shore celebrities and reality stars from around the world are coming together for an epic vacation. I mean, another week, another reality show. This is, this is the reality show of all reality shows, though, apparently. As you say, Paramount Plus and... Where do I start? 14 reality stars, that if you are a reality um, TV fan, then you should recognize pretty much every face that's going in there, because they have taken um, people from those reality shows, generally the ones that have made the most um, headlines, have have been the biggest characters, I suppose, from those original reality series. And they've taken them all all over the country, um, including Joey Essex from The Only Way Is Essex, back in the day, you'll probably remember that. And they've moved them all into this house in the Canary Islands. And they basically battle it out in a, in a, in a, a, there's loads of party games. And so there's a huge cash prize at the end. So, you know, the formula is similar. You'll have seen it before. Um, But... There are some, you know, they, they do come from all sorts of different reality shows. So you've got uh, Jersey Shore stars in there. You've got Bachelor in Paradise, Love is Blind, Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race, Love Island Circle. As I say, the only way is Essex. I mean, literally, you've got all the big guns in one place. And does it make for good viewing, I suppose, is the is the question. I kind of, we talk about reality shows quite a lot. and I And I just feel like, can they possibly move the needle anymore? Because what haven't they already done um, we've seen everything i would have thought on reality tv and for some time i guess what the producers of this will be hoping is the pull is in the people that we already know them. they're already stars in their own right because of what they've done previously so they've come together and you've got real divas in there i mean you're a certain person that goes into reality tv show probably arguably um somebody who likes that kind of attention and there's a lot of divas, a lot of ego, a loss of attitude. And so, you know, that, I guess, makes pretty good TV because it's relatively explosive. And of course, you know, you've got some good looking people in there too. So what relationships are going to come out of this too? And what are we going to be seeing there? Are we going to be seeing some new couples emerging, hitting the headlines soon? So it is a new take on reality shows. I always think there can't be an... A new take on them but they seem to have done it this time and uh, I guess it just depends on your stomach for watching a lot of ego in one place. Ian, is it Rio? I've
1: got to admit I'm out of my comfort zone here. I did know two of the people, Joey Essex and I always enjoy watching Joey Essex. I think he's great value and I did recognise Vanessa from RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, The rest of them I mean, it's quite global, isn't it? It's got sort of Acapulco Shore people, Brazil show called the Circle. I quite like the the culture clash element where you've got sort of <laughs> sort of really brassy Geordie sort of mixing with these Americans, and these Brazilians. So I quite like the fact that they don't all have perfect bodies. So it's a bit. It's not like Love Island where everyone is absolutely, you know immaculate Um, (laughs) also the fact that they make them do silly games as well quite physical games it's not just people copping off with each other there's a bit of a a bit of competition and fun and games and horsing around so i mean i'm not going to watch it i won't lie even though i mean i do watch my fair share of trashy reality tv but this one it isn't for me but i do think there's some quite interesting big characters in there and I'm, i'm sure it'll be a laugh if you like that kind of thing Now, uh, we've got to that point, Hannah, where you reveal this week's binges. So what are they?
0: Well, I couldn't help but tune into all the political statements made at Glastonbury this year. I felt I needed to be a part of that to watch all of that. That was uh, always good. And watching it from the cleanliness of my own home was even better. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I watched Glastonbury. Um, I'm still prodding my way through inventing Anna. And I also watched the first series of Only Murders in the Building.
1: Lovely. Well, yes, I liked the there was one um, flag that said this is a work event at Glastonbury. I thought that was quite amusing. There were several others, <laughs> a, a lot ruder, not for this podcast. So, yeah, last night I watched Paul McCartney's wonderful set at Glastow I, I was I, I was blown away by it. If you haven't watched it, check it out. It's fantastic. And I'm also really enjoying the new season of Stranger Things. And they're going to be releasing uh, more episodes very, very soon. Now, we've just got time to look ahead to what we're going to be talking about next week. So, Hannah, what's on the agenda?
0: A bloodthirsty baby causes carnage in a new now TV comedy horror called The Baby.
1: Bring it on. And (laughs) a pair of mismatched shipmates go in search of a terrifying sea creature in The Sea Beast on Netflix. So, we look forward to those and more, but in the meantime...
0: (laughs) what, what?